All right, everybody, welcome to the Joe Kilgallen Podcast, a.k.a. Kilgallen's Pub. Big shout out to all the listeners, everyone listening on Spotify, Apple, all my YouTube subscribers. You guys are amazing. Cannot do it without you. Make sure to check out the YouTube channel because I just posted a shitload of clips from the podcast on the channel, including a good three or four from last week's guest, AEW's Cole Cabana. That's right, pro wrestler Cole Cabana. Dude is amazing. Check out his stuff, uh, especially if you're a wrestling fan. Even if you're not, the guy's a funny guy overall. That's right, I don't always just have comedians on. As you'll see from today's guest, I had a professional wrestler on. Two, two weeks ago, I had Caitlin Marco, small business owner, pole dance instructor. She owns a pole dance studio, so that was a really fun episode. And I had former Chicago Cubs pitcher Ryan Dempster on. So again, not just, uh, not just comedians. Uh, if you're listening to the podcast for the very first time or watching on YouTube, this is a podcast where I like to have some drinks with people, you know, recreate that bar conversation, mess around, talk about the topics of the day, and all that good shit. Well, without further ado... Your guest is a returning guest, uh, making his second appearance. Last time we got to talk about The Last Dance, the greatest documentary of all time. And uh, now I'm going to talk with him about some comedy stuff and, you know, just uh, shoot the shit with him. He's a good dude. I love seeing him in person. Going to enjoy talking about him on the podcast. The general manager of the Laugh Factory Chicago. Everyone, let's have a big welcome for Curtis Shaw Flag. What up, buddy? What's up, Joe? Dude, shout out to the shirt. I like that uh, Expo shirt you're rocking right there. Gotta hold it down. Dude, I'm a big fan of that powdered blue look that was really popular in the 80s. The Expos had in their uniform, the Phillies, the Royals, even those Dirty Bird Cardinals who are getting oh, the COVID yeah, and canceling games. And uh, it looks good. It was a good look. I think they should bring that back in baseball. I think they should bring the Expos back in baseball. Yeah, I don't know, man. And you know what? It's so weird. When the Montreal Expos moved to become the Washington Nationals, I had mixed feelings because I love the Expos a lot because I was a big Andre Dawson fan. I was a big Tim Raines, Rock Raines fan. It's funny, everyone. Even if you're not a baseball fan, the nickname Rock Raines later became funny to me as an adult because I found out that he missed time for a massive cocaine habit. Uh, I don't know if you know. Not a lot of people know that but Tim Raines was <laughs> Tim Raines was on cocaine. I mean, Tim Raines had a Jerry curl, so of course he had a massive cocaine addiction, right? The, right. the whole early '80s had baseball players just messed up on coke. And, Vlad uh, Guerrero, tried, can't forget about Vlad Guerrero. Vlad, Vlad Guerrero was a big one. Yeah. Uh, not in Tomardi. cocaine addiction, but in great expos. Yeah, well, that, no, the Expos team mostly was the big coke heads. I think Canada yeah, just sense. got better coke. Yeah. Canada gets better weed, they get better coke. I think that's yeah. what they do in Canada. Isn't BC powder, like, it's like an ibuprofen that you take, but you actually take it like you would cocaine? BC powder? BC powder, it's like an ibuprofen, and you snort it, as opposed to, like, taking a pill. Is that like, give me one second, I want to check your volume a little bit in my ears. Sorry, everybody. Sorry. Sorry, there we go. Okay. Um, I couldn't hear you that well, Curtis. You're so well-spoken. <laughs> Thank you. I think that's problematic uh, now, Joe. Oh, to say, I meant to say, <laughs> how about, is soft-spoken okay? Yeah. I meant to say soft-spoken. I don't know why I said well. We're really, we're really, I mean, you were, you were thinking it, you know, it was a Freudian slip. <laughs> there you, I guess. Is it, yeah. <laughs> Fuck you, Freudian slip. Come on, man. Come on. You know where I was going with that. <laughs> we're starting. We're starting off on a, on a perfect foot right now. <laughs> yeah, but well, you BC, know, so BC powder. Funny enough, whenever I was in high school, 
some friends, like, uh, triple C's, like, Coracid and Golden Cough, like, everyone was, like, taking these pills to, like, get high, and everyone's like, hey, like, have you ever heard of BC powder? Like, what the fuck is that? They're like, it's an ibuprofen, but you sniff it, and are like, no shit, and so the rub was that it, it comes in a, a pouch of just white powder, it's called BC, I think it's called BC powder, but it's, 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 it's from British Columbia? I'm assuming. I don't well, because we're talking I'm Canadian gonna, stuff, yeah. so I was I'm going to assume it is from British Columbia for the conversation. And so, yeah, it's ba- it's just an ibuprofen, but you snort it, and apparently that's how you do it in like some cultures, as opposed to like popping a pill. It like you know you snort it, it goes like straight to the brain and f- cures your headache. But we always thought it was just like oh shit, it was like cool to just like snort something that was over the counter that you didn't like <laughs> have to crush up. We're like oh it comes like this, so it looked like a little bag of coke and that's that, that those are my formidable years <laughs> no nice man i mean i love uh well it is it's funny that you mentioned cultures because i i used to hang out with some hockey players and we're at one party and the one dude's like hey you want to do m and i was like m what the hell is m and he thought i, I that said what the hell is m so he's like no man it's good to just make you feel like dancing and so I said, oh, is that like Molly? He goes, yeah, same thing, M, Molly. And I'm like, oh, I, just didn't, I didn't know anyone who called it M. He goes, in Canada, yeah. we call it M because it's short for MDMA. And I'm like, all right, that's they stupid. Just asked I just yeah, like could have just asked if I want to do MDMA. It's literally only three more letters. <laughs> yeah, there are so many things in life where I'm like, that did not need to be abbreviated. Yeah. I mean, we've How gotten, there's words now that I have to like, I'll see it or abbreviations i guess and like i'll see it and i'm like like the too long tldr it took me forever to realize what that was too long don't read or i think that's the name i think that's how you do it where you have like a long post but before you do that's it, you what put, that is yeah i just figured it out I too n- no fucking idea there's a lot of these ones where i, I did not know <laughs> tldr too long don't read i had no fucking clue i guess apparently you're supposed to skip everything until like the very end i think that's the purpose of it so it's like if you if you're interested obviously read but if you need the cliff notes read the top then the bottom all right i feel like you just provided a little value to my life i had no idea that's i'm not up on the millennial shit yeah i'm not up on this millennial shit but that's 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 about as far as my knowledge goes aren't you a millennial i probably i I, like i talk i'm I'm an old millennial i'm 35 as well we're both 35 we're technically millennials we're old damn anyone born after yeah i think anyone 37 even is a millennial still 82 to like 95 is millennial so mainly millennial so it's basically just older millennials talking shit about younger millennials because i feel like the only like uh millennials do this i hear are from people my age yes no for real that's so much of it I mean, I don't know. A lot of Gen X people. I know people in their 40s who are always shitting millennials. And old people just shit on whatever the younger generation yeah, anyone, is. Yeah, anyone beneath them. I have a whole, like, five minutes on my <laughs> last special about how much it's so hypocritical, hypocritical for people to shit on millennials. Because it's just any new generation is going to get dumped on. And Gen Z is starting to get dumped on now. Is there anything weaker than calling them Zoomers? And I know that's fucking a boomer response to be like, well, we're boomers. Well, you're Zoomers. I'm like, that is just kill yourself. Yeah. Fucking also, like the, like the, the, I think, what's the name? It's like, hey, boomer or okay, boomer. Something okay like that. It's supposed to be a diss. They're boomers. They called themselves boomers. It was the baby boom. So where, I, I guess I don't see the, the rub. 
and be like, okay, boomer. It's like, yeah, I am a boomer. Do they not want to be boomers anymore? Is there a new term that we need to start recognizing the older generation as? Because, I mean, I'm down for it. I respect my elders. Sure, sure. I mean, I, gen, I, the boomers are just easy to make fun of. I don't know why. Yeah, they're but old. isn't all old people to make fun of? I guess yeah. beyond them is like the greatest generation. They won World War II and the Depression, so nobody really gives them shit. Um, but did the, we win the Iraq War? That's uh, that was a question I was I was talking to someone. I was like, did we win that war? Because if we won that war, then we're one for one with the greatest generation. Well, yeah, yeah. but I mean, theirs was a legit threat. Ours was just like, is there some fucking oil over here? Yeah, let's uh, was, let's yeah. get some oil, maybe, yeah. because we really, we want. Yeah, I mean, Saddam Hussein, and they had nothing to do with nine eleven. Everyone lied, <laughs> saying, oh, they fucking were part of nine eleven. I remember getting into it with a friend like that once. I told him, I said, yeah, dude, I don't support this war at all. This was like 2005, so early going. And he's like, come on, dude, you can't have people flying planes into our buildings and getting away with it. I'm like, dude, they had nothing to do with that shit. Nothing at all. They couldn't find Bin Laden. So Bush was like, hey, that guy used to fuck with my dad. So let's go give that guy some shit. It's like the Game of Thrones in a weird way. (laughs) You know, it's like... It yes, is like a Game of father. Thrones. <laughs> I don't know why. I've been considering rewatching Game of Thrones. It's great. I watched it late. So I watched it when the last season aired. So I got caught up. Mostly, I didn't watch the first season. So like I, I was like kind of going backwards. I was like mementoing it. I was like going backwards as I was going forwards. So I was like catching up. That's basically for every episode of the the last season like i watched like a whole season previous <clears throat> so like i watched them in reverse order but also finished the last season kind of like simultaneously it was kind of dude cool i to did do the same way. thing yeah i did like, the same thing i caught up for the final episode because i was considering rewatching it for some reason because I, I saw someone like tweet like a gif of like something from game of thrones where i'm like fuck man i kind of want to rewatch it and I don't, I don't know if I'm going to, though, but I did the same thing you did. I remember the final episode I watched like two days after it aired because I wasn't caught up yet. I tried. My goal was to catch up right before it ended so I could watch the final episode with the rest of the world. But all I did was I just stayed off of social media that whole Monday and then so that Tuesday afternoon. It was really very hard to do. Um, I only just checked my notifications. So like when I logged on to like Twitter or Facebook or Instagram, if I didn't have a notification – I left the app because I didn't want to scroll and see something. What a dick move if somebody like at added you with the spoiler, <laughs> like knowing what it is, knowing your whole method. It's like, yo, uh, like Darius was the I forget the the kid in the wheelchair that ended up becoming like oh Bran, Bran, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like, like Bran is the like ruler of the West. Also, did you were you satisfied with the ending? No, I mean I wasn't. I really was. I still think it was one of the greatest shows of all time, regardless. But I was I real quick before I give the my thoughts on Game of Thrones seven eight months after it came out, right. um, which I did talk about on the show way back when. But I'd love to touch on it with you too. I have to say this: there needs to be some better decorum in society when it comes to handling spoiler alerts. Mm. I really believe that because there are times where I think we need to be better to each other. I, there are shows that I'm not even into where I've gone online. And I'm like, didn't that episode air like an hour ago? Yeah. Why are you, what are you, a fucking reporter? Why are you leading off your tweet with, I can't believe they stabbed so-and-so 18 times. What a weird turn. Like, Here's the thing. Dick move. You got to wait a day or two. I agree with that. 
But here's my like devil's advocate. Because I do agree there needs to be some decorum. However, I think that there are specific platforms that you should be able to go to for a spoiler and safe spaces where you can like operate as usual without <clears throat> getting the spoiler. Twitter is actually one of the places I think you go to for spoilers. Because in, in my social media hierarchy, I go like Facebook's by the minute, Twitter, Twitter's by the second. Or, you know, Facebook's by the hour, Twitter's by the minute. So, <clears throat> so Twitter's very, like, hyper speed, really quick, you know, fast consumption, boom, 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 boom. So, like, if you want, like, journalists break news, a lot of stories, a lot of, like, you know, pop culture things break on Twitter, and then they find their way to Facebook, and then they find their way to news. So, like, news is by the hour, by the day. Facebook is by kind of, like, the hour, by the minute, and then Twitter's by, like, the second. So that's, like, the very, like, hyper-fast. So, like, when shit happens, like, the first place I usually go to it's Twitter to find out, like, oh, what's going on? Like, because I'll find that first before somebody puts it on Facebook. So, like, Facebook could be the, the safe space and the newspaper and the, the general television news could be the place where you get that news story, basically, like an 8 a.m., you know, like news break or, you know, an hour or so or a day or so after the fact. But Twitter, in my opinion is the place that you go to whenever you need, like, just that quick snap, like, breaking news story, this just happened, this just in kind of deal. But maybe there is, like, I think there should be, like, you should be able to put an alert where it's, like, The Walking Dead, Breaking Bad, Game of Thrones, and you, you hit that button, and there will be nothing in your feed that contains those keywords. The same way you follow a hashtag or the same way, you know what I mean, like you follow a link yeah, totally. on social media. I think that's the key. I like that idea too. I, I just think I, I agree. Facebook, there should be one that's like a safe space. Twitter, you're right because what I do like about Twitter, there's a lot of hate about Twitter. Everybody, I mean, I have. I'm just real back on Twitter. I've been off Twitter for like a year or two, and I'm like, I'm like, fucking back in like I was in whatever 2012. Well, here's what I like about it. It's a great spot for breaking news. So if you're like a sports fan, it's fun to, to find out, oh, this team just signed this guy during like a free agency period or, yeah. or if a trade deadline's coming up, perfect for that. Or if, you know, there's some big world disaster. or you Yeah, know, journalism but, lives on Twitter. Like that yes. is where, I mean, especially for like what I used to do and kind of what I still do now, like just be on the cusp of like what's going on. I follow every beat reporter every news outlet, every journalist, like, every, you know, and, like, now they're, like, Twitter journalists that, like, they don't necessarily contribute to, like, you know, one of the big new, you know, USA Today or Wall Street Journal. They're just, like, Twitter. And, like, they break stories and they break news and they get this, like, inside scoop on shit. And if you follow them, like, you're up on game before, like, AP gets something, you know what I mean? And so, like, I've actually hopped back in on Twitter now. I don't even know what brought me there. I think it was, like, the NBA bubble and a lot of different yeah. reporters are sharing stuff, kind of some behind-the-scenes shit that, that's going on right now kind of in the bubble. And so I've kind of gone there to get the scoop on, like, what's what in the NBA. But I miss yeah, it. For I'm like, oh, great to be back. <laughs> well, I mean, I think any social media app or that you take some time from, when you come back, I think I talked about this last week, when you come back, they want to show you stuff that you like because yeah. they want to, they know it's addictive. 
So they're like they're like your drug dealer. They're giving you a good good dose of heroin. That way you you, you stay with them. Yeah. I'm getting them figured, from Woj. I the only push no, Woj is the best I get are from Adrian Wojnowski. And I don't remember setting it up, but I love that I get it. Like, I'll, I'll get them from them. And if enough of the people that I follow, particularly it's usually comics like you, Megan Gailey, Bader, and Bobby Buds, if they, if you all happen to like something at the same time, like it'll say like Joko Gallon, Megan Gailey, Chris Bader, Bobby Buds all liked, and it'll be this particular tweet from whoever. And I'll get that notification. I'm like, oh, cool. Like, thanks. Yeah, I still get those. I still get those. But yeah, I noticed I took some time off of Facebook a few weeks. I joined back up or like reactivated it. Yeah. And for the first couple of days, I was like, oh, it's not so bad because I was seeing stuff that they knew I liked. Yeah. But they don't really want to do that Facebook. They want to drive you crazy because driving you crazy usually leads to engagement. They need you immediately engaged. I think we talked about this and we will get to this here in a second at Laugh Factory um, oh, we did, last that's right. week about how I deleted the app from my phone. But I needed for work, you know, to like post things on the Laugh Factory page or whatever. And you have to kind of go through, unless you have the Pages app, you have to go through your personal account to get to the your brand page. So as soon as I like Facebook.com and hit enter, whatever that first post is, like Facebook makes sure it's good and juicy enough for me to be like, what the fuck did they say? And you know what I mean? I'm like yeah. immediately, you know, like I just hop in and, and, and then I'm like, all right, well, what else is going on since I'm already, you know? And then by the time I realize that, oh, I came here to do something very specific and I haven't done it yet. And sometimes I never do it. Like sometimes I go through it and I argue a few times and like a few things, share a few things. And then I get off and I'm like, the fuck did I get on there for? Like, well, oh, that's shit. the sickness, man. That's what makes it so sickening to me as a website because... I'll see the same thing, something real juicy. It's like, this is 137 comments. Let's see what these dickheads said. And then you find yourself reading the opinions of people you don't even like. And it's affecting your mood. It is. You're legitimately being, like, <laughs> angered by it. I remember one time I was reading a bunch of them. And my son, my three-year-old son, the most important, like, and his brother, my one-year-old son, the most important people to me, he was, like, asking me for something. And I remember being like, hold on a second. <laughs> and I'm like, wait a minute. I'm telling you to hold on because I want to read some fucking loser's opinion. What the fuck is wrong with me? And that's right away. I'm like, ah, get away from me, phone. What do you need, person I love and care about versus someone I can't stand? My seed. And I was, what do you Right? Ugh. I equate it to the problem with Twitter's bad with this too, and Facebook especially, is that it used to be, you know, you're you know, a longtime Chicago guy. You're waiting for the train. You're, you're Washington and Dearborn waiting for the blue line. You're, you know, it's, it's subway, it's underground. There's some crazy person. We'll say homeless. I don't like making fun of sh and shitting on homeless people, though. But for the sake of the picture, I'm trying to paint for people listening via audio. It's a homeless guy. He's just shouting out crazy shit. Reg you used to ignore him. People would just ignore him. Now people would be like, I got to fucking amplify this guy's voice for whatever reason. <laughs> I have to tweet it. I have to Facebook it. And that's how I view it. Every time someone tweets something stupid, everyone has to tweet it. Like that song WAP that's going on right now with uh, Nicki Minaj and uh, Megan Thee Stallion. Yeah. I have not heard it yet. I've watched the music video on mute, though. And uh, <laughs> kids were around. I couldn't listen to it with the audio on. But uh, every old like senator and congressman, or, or and not even those people, because they're actually like, 
they have a platform. But any fucking loser dipshit out there with seven followers who's like, oh, look at these sluts. I don't fucking like it. Eh. You don't need to retweet them. You don't need to retweet them going, I bet their girlfriends never came. Like, yeah, I don't understand. Why give them the time of day? Just ignore them. You mean to tell me that you don't you don't you don't want your girl to tell you that she wants you to hit that little that little dingly thing in the back of her throat? Like what? We don't <laughs> we don't we don't want that and for that that is a lyric. I know you That's a lyric, yeah. To, yeah. I mean damn. <laughs> He's like, yeah, I got the not, point I'm... in the music video when she was pointing out like, <laughs> like Yeah, I don't know. That part of the video I'm want. like I don't think you need to point to that. I think we all know what you mean. You yeah, know, the visual is probably not necessary. You're going to gag yourself. That's too much. But no, nothing to do with this song. It's just so funny to me that every time there's something that's like culturally significant in any way and everyone's talking about it, we have to highlight the people who are just speaking out of their ass. Just ignore them. You'll I think that's why the longer. news cycle dies so quickly is because no matter what it is, like everyone's got an opinion, everyone needs to talk about it, everyone exhausts it so quickly that by the time they beat it to death and they hear their opinion, they get that out, and then they hear a thousand other opinions. They're like, I'm fucking over it. Like I've heard everything, every side, every angle, every opinion that there is to know about one particular thing. It's like, okay, on to the next one. And then it's just like you beat that to death and nothing really lives very long. Like two days from now, like, yes, people will still be watching the WAP video on mute for other reasons, (laughs) but it won't be, you know what I mean? Like I remember two live crew and uncle Luke and like the, the white house and Ronald Reagan, if I'm not mistaken, was the president at the time. And like, they had this whole crusade to like, ban their music from like the radio and so like that was like a huge thing but ultimately for them that like catapulted their kind of like you know their their visibility and their their popularity because if the president is talking about it then like everyone's like who the hell are who the hell is two life crew then they listen to them and they're like you know either you like them or you it's love pretty them good hate them. yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're like i kind of like what they're talking about well that's what it's a great example all they do is amplify them yeah you know i uh I thought about how that Shane Gillis dude who got um, got hired by SNL and then fired like three hours later. Grand opening, grand closing on a career. Yeah, like so quickly. <laughs> Nobody knew who the fuck he was before that happened. Yeah. Nobody. And if he would have done SNL, my guess is, and it's not a knock on Shane. I don't know Shane at all. Um, I've seen a couple of his stand-up clips. Pretty funny guy, actually. And I've seen a couple of his sketch stuff. There's a really funny sketch where he plays like a fireman. I don't know what it's on. Maybe it's on Funny or Die or something. Yes. And, and it's, it's ironic good. given how he was kind of ousted. Yeah. That clip. The, the fireman you, clip. Yeah. You've seen that one, right? Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll try to link in the comments maybe, everyone, if I remember to do that. <laughs> I always say that shit. I never do it. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I got to be better about that. Anyway, uh, so that dude, though, say he gets SNL. I'd put good money that he kind of has like a one and done, which yeah, or just like or just kind of yeah, like a, a fart in the wind type of career. I just also, don't think he was gonna fit. Yeah, not a knock. I, I don't think he was gonna fit them all. But either way, my point is that no one knew who the fuck he was. Everyone started trash. Not everyone, but a, a lot of people trashed him, and then that made people go, "Well, who is this guy?" They looked him up and they go, "Well, you know, I'm gonna stick. I'm gonna take his side because fuck you." And you yeah. mentioned with the whole music. This is like a big crusade that started in the 80s with Reagan. And I'll give Democrats shit because Tipper Gore, Al Gore's wife, she carried that torch. And, and, it, and it happens a lot. You see it. It's just a distraction. They think, oh, I could get middle America who's scared of everything to be like, look, 
Look what they're talking about. Do you want your sons and daughters to hear about wet ass pussies? Do you want to hear that? Is that really? Well, you know, it's just so fucking weak and lame. And also, like this shit's been going on forever. I don't even think I'm not even gonna give Nicki Minaj and um, Megan Thee Stanley that much credit. Salt and Pepper talked about sex better than you two did. Yeah, they did. They didn't need. To, they weren't as graphic. I don't know. I just feel. I just like Salt and Pepper's voices better. Quite frankly, I don't know what shoot is, but I'm assuming it's sex. Oh yeah, well they have they have dick references in that too. They go, um, hey, uh, I want to know how does it hang straight up, weight up, hold up, like you know. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, how often do you get to hear me quoting Salt and Pepper? <laughs> Come to Kilgallen's Pub if you want to, <laughs> if you want a lyrical breakdown of Salt and Pepper, baby. Dude, they had hits. They were like my one of my favorite duos because I had babysitters. You know, my parents divorced when I was like five. And um, before my dad remarried, I don't remember when I was 10, but anyway, there was a few years there where every day after school, I'd get home and there'd be a teenage girl to babysit me and my sister. And they loved Salt and Pepper. Huge. And Vogue was big with them. SWV. Like, these were like the groups. So I <laughs> and you were riding for Pepper whatever is. they were riding for. I yeah, know, sure. I know Baby Sat Curtis was like, wait, whatever you listen to, that's what I'm into now. <laughs> Definitely. So, yeah, I mean, that's where Twitter is, does have its uh, merits, breaking news. Facebook, I don't know what Facebook's for anymore. It's the worst website to promote. It's the worst website for your mental health. Uh, the one thing I do like about Facebook uh, lately is Facebook Marketplace has kind of taken over for Craigslist. Yeah, I just started, I just started playing around on there. That's dangerous. <laughs> like, I'm going to buy a house on Facebook I've bought some cool shit on there. Um, like, cheap. I've flipped some product. On there, because I've seen something way overvalued. So I tried that Gary V shit, everybody. I don't know if you know who Gary Vaynerchuk is. He's this, like, social media guru and, like, motivational guy and also, like, an entrepreneur. And he was on The Breakfast Club. And they said, how about something, like, concrete? Give us, like, a real thing. Don't just be like, work hard, work hard. You know, all, all you, all you, and which is true, though. I've heard all those, like, Tony Robbins-type dudes. And it's always just, like, you got to get up in the morning and work. And it's a and what though? Help me out here. <laughs> give me. So you got a nine to five. Like what else do you want me to do? Yeah, give me something specific <laughs> to help me make some money. And he talked about like he goes, garage sales, uh, Craigslist. Go to the Craigslist free section. Sometimes they give away something free. And uh, the only thing I ever took from the Craigslist free section was like this desk, and it was free. It was like Logan Square neighbor in Chicago. I had to go pick it up, and I'm like, I could do this. I could fit that probably in the back of my car. And uh, I was like, all right, what do I do with it? Do I sell it for like what 100 bucks maybe and at the same time i was about to like um like list it james webb everyone of the people of comedy network which we're still part of even though i've been doing it strictly out of my own personal studio now i gave it to him so that's like the studio desk for all the podcasts no and the people of comedy network snaz. that's awesome yeah. because that's a very nice desk and people of comedy network is a very great emerging gonna be a huge 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 thing um network that's awesome and yeah, no for sure you paid it for you got so you know so that's that type of you know currency is karma currency gotta like some good karma currency uh before we get into a, a big cool cool as fuck thing that you did recently man i did want to ask you what do you think of kamala harris being the vp 
I think it's By great. the way, I was going to ask anyone who was the guest, not just asking you. Because you're already fucking I mean, it literally just earlier. happened. Like, I mean, breaking <laughs> news. This is like Twitter right now. Uh, yeah. yeah. Kamala, 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 Kamala. I'm thinking it's Kamala. It's Kamala, Kamala. but I think I pronounced it wrong initially. It's Kamala. Kamala I Harris. A, a but I want to say like Kamala too, like... Uh, like some chamomile tea or some shit. I, don't know. <laughs> I think it's great. I think it's great having an African American woman. I think it's great having an Asian American woman. I think it's great having an Indian American woman because apparently she's all three things. Um, but is beyond, she yeah, beyond the like who she is, it's like an ethnic background. Um, I was just reading a fifty-five things you should know about uh, Kamala Harris. And like most politicians, you know, she has, you know, kind of swayed on opinions and has done some things that, you know, in her, you know, past as a prosecutor and, you know, attorney general and things that, you know, have been good and bad when you look back on them. But I think ultimately, um, I think she will be a strong candidate for, for vice president. I think she is will be a great vice president if that were to happen. Um, my political leanings are I hope it does happen. Um, but most importantly, and I, and I was just thinking about it after I was reading this, like, 55 whatever things to know about uh, Kamala Harris, is I think just having someone that breaks the mold like we got it with you know obama and it it gives hope to someone or you know a a, a group of people and and black women african-american women women of color who really are kind of the backbone of a lot of the democratic party and 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 you know in politics in general It, it gives them hope it gives women hope you know to be able to, you know, have their, you know, we've been talking about amplifying voices, having their voices amplified, putting themselves in positions of power, and a, and also being able to, like, influence and make decisions based on, you know, their background. So hopefully, if he is, you know, vice president, there could be policies put in place, and there can be, you know, social norms that are enacted that get us past kind of a very misogynistic, patriarchal, um, you know, way of life that we have kind of like been privy to for, you know, decades and centuries. And I think I thought when Obama was in office, it did um, a great service for black men and African-Americans and, and people of color to, to really kind of give them motivation and hope and things to kind of, you know, take that next step and, and feel that like there is nothing too great. Um, there's, you know, the glass ceiling, you know, for women can be broken with, with, with Kamala Harris. So more than anything, I think hope in, 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 especially in the times that we're living in, when we're in the middle of a global pandemic, we're in the middle of a social uprising and so many things are kind of going on in, in kind of like the background. It's a backdrop of 2020 right now that like, that's really what we need. You know, we need action, but we also need hope because a lot of people are feeling hopeless. So, you know. Hopefully, you know, this announcement and, you know, the upcoming election and everything that kind of goes on in between that and, you know, ultimately a victory um, will kind of like give us that boost, you know, that we need as a society to just like have something to believe in. Yeah, definitely. I think representation is is huge. And and that that was what was big about President Obama's election was it was kind of like, all right, cool. We people who look like me, you know. That, that, it's funny, I'm going back to Gary Vee, but he was talking to a group of people and he says, 
as long as someone who looks like you has done it, there's no excuse for you not to be able to do it too. Exactly. Yeah. Which I did like. I appreciate that about him because he was aware enough to be like, all right, you you do need to see yourself in that position to think that you could do it too. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, given that that hope is great. As far as her background as a prosecutor, I I don't know. I haven't dug as deep into it. I do think it's. She really was also a yeah, She was a she's a prosecutor in sex crimes. So like she's like the best kind of prosecutor, you know. So she wasn't like yeah. you know like criminal prosecutor for like drug offenders and you know sending a bunch of like weed dealers to jail for like thirty years and then you know obviously it's repealed and we know how that broke down racially. But I feel like the SVU side of like the criminal justice system is the one she can always really kind of be for, especially in the prosecutorial, prosecutorial sense of the word, like somebody that's out there catching pedophiles and rapists and, you know, shit like that. Yeah. I mean, hopefully I, I definitely, I know there's something with that. They said she wasn't as strong against the Catholic church in San Francisco. She should have been, I don't know. I, you know, I didn't, I didn't dig deep enough into a record to really speak intelligently about it. I just know that I think it's really stupid of, um, Democrats and people on the left to be like, she's a cop. I don't like her because she's a cop. You, Trust look, me, I, cops don't like her. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I don't think cops, cops are going to vote for her like either. <laughs> you know, that's what's so funny about what's happening right now. Look, look, there's a lot of shit going on in the city of Chicago right now. There was um, looting the last, uh, not yesterday really, but the day Sunday, before. Yeah, Sunday night, Monday morning. Yeah, and so it, it is funny to me because Lori Lightfoot, the mayor of Chicago, I don't know anyone who really strongly likes her right now. I think there's a few people I know who are like, I'm fine with her. It's tough what's happening. But the vast majority of people I know on the left do not like her right now. They think she's pro-cop. And every cop I know hates her fucking guts. And everyone I know who's like right-leaning or conservatives, maybe moderate even, they are also hate her guts because they're like, she doesn't have the cops back. The cops feel like they can't do their job. Which I don't get where that really came from. Um, she was elected as a cops cop. She was like elected as. Well, like I knew a, some cops mean? thought like she'd be okay for them going into it, and um, and again, look, like I, I've 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 said a lot of shit about cops on this podcast, um, with in the light of everything that's going on. Yes, there are good cops. We just want the good cops to speak the fuck up a little bit more often yeah. against the bad cops, which I realize is also very difficult to do because of just deep problems that go along with it. Um, it's a hard job. I, no, I don't think anyone denies that. There just needs to be a change in the fucking culture that happens with it. I would just like to see a level of consistency, and this is what drove me nuts going on Facebook yesterday, was seeing people outraged over stores they've never fucking been to being looted and robbed and stuff. And I was this close to making a post about how... Oh, I don't go to any of those stores. I don't give a shit. And I know that post was meant to draw someone in. I was baiting someone. Yeah. Because I know someone was going to say, like, well, what happens if they loot the stores you do like? And I was going to be like, oh, well, what happens if they kill someone who's unarmed that you fucking know? Do you give a shit now? I was going to bait them just for the exchange because I knew it was like, you know, it's. And that would have been the first thing that I would have seen when I got on Facebook was your post. Yeah, you would have seen this back and forth. (laughs) That would have been like, oh, shit, let me get in on this. (laughs) And you would have been like, who the fuck are all these people? He's arguing with them. And and like, I get it. Ryan McRyan with a a profile picture of him with a mic on stage. Yeah, like, fuck, man. Um, I don't know. I definitely think I, I, I've the last week or so has made me realize going forward that 
there are some language towards cops I think does need to be readdressed. You know, I don't necessarily agree with ACAB, all cops are bad. I don't think that language helps anything or anybody. Just put anything else in place of cops, and then that tells you your story. Say all black people are all, you know what I mean? And like, yeah, just, I think it's just so a, stupid. It's, dumb to be what we don't want other people to be we hate it when people say all muslims are terrorists so why would we say all of anything is anything that just uh it's just lazy it's yeah, very you can't lazy repurpose the definition to fit your argument of well you know the good ones that don't speak up are also bad it's like yeah but also are you speaking up on every you know one that it, it, it just like no. you get down this wormhole and it's like let's address that there are not a few bad apples there are a lot of bad apples but the good apples need to step up and say something about and it could it's, and it's also just a it's a social thing and i don't want to kind of get down like the whole like you know like the police reform wormhole but you really can't put you can't take me and put me in like Kabul and expect me to like understand the culture and everything that goes on there but also put me in a position of authority to you know be able to do certain things because i'm unfamiliar with that culture so you can't You've never take been to Kabul? police it's nice. No, I yeah, I haven't. I heard it's warm, maybe. <laughs> yeah, it's hot. <laughs> yeah. See, you hot. can't take you can't take a human being and, and place them into an environment, we'll say a neighborhood, where yeah. they're unfamiliar with the culture and then expect them to understand and then be able to you know, they're the executive branch of the law. So like they also have to enforce the law as it pertains to the way that that society kind of like acts and, 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 and handles its, you know, day-to-day business. You put somebody that in, in an unfamiliar environment and there's going to be miscommunication, there's going to be, you know, there's a lot of erroneous things that happen. And then if you want to couple that with any sort of like prejudices that, that happen on top of that, and then you get where we are right now, where inherent bias and, and, and ultimately just flat-out racism makes a decision for someone who also has a license to kill and that is a recipe for disaster yeah it's ugly it's an ugly thing and uh i just want to like so badly i just wish solutions and more um solutions were offered i feel so many times like i saw someone had a tweet today that said um the suburbs uh, are a thing in which you get to benefit from like the culture of a city and something else of a city, but not have to be part of the tax base that is looting. And I got their point. I got their point, but I was like, what, what do you suggest though? Give me a fucking you, suggestion. Yeah, are you not allowed to go to the city? Are you not allowed you to, li- if you live in a suburb, are you not allowed to live in, to, to work in the city or, or enjoy the city and all that? And I live in the city. I've never, I've never lived, I've lived in one yeah. suburb that was a suburb of LA. I lived in Burbank, but I've never lived in a suburb of Chicago. So it's not like it hurt my feelings. And I just commented on it going, well, actually, sub- their suburban property taxes are a lot higher than Chicago property taxes. Yeah, you're looking where. at homeowners association fees and things like that, coupled with Cook County tax, that really put your head yeah. It, it depends but, where. Yeah, and then someone kind of they, they kind of accused me of sticking up for the suburbs, and I'm like, I'm not really sticking up for the suburbs at all. I'm just saying, like, you got to have more to your fucking points. Yeah, educate you can't make bl- I'm just you say stupid shit like that. Yeah, I'm just sick of blanketed statements. Yeah, I just want more suggestions. More, yeah. you know, I I want. Uh, an end in sight and I'm, I'm i think we need to be listening more to all these things because like is your dog getting yelled at in the background by the way yes my dog is getting yelled at in the background i heard something i'm like 
Dude, your wife is either mad at you or you have a pet that needs to listen better. Um, sorry, I only just heard that I'm now. Assu- I'm like, assuming that our puppy, Maple Butters, is either peeing, pooping, or chewing on a remote or a phone that she's not supposed to. Well, how old is she now? Seven months. So That's a fun age. Anyhow, they're all fun. The dogs are great. But anyway, that's one in which... Yeah, one one minute you're like, why are they sniffing? They're shitting. Fuck! And then they start chewing on your iPhone charger, and you're not even paying attention. That's Usually, when she does something cute, I'm, I look around just to let I'm like, okay, you're being a little too cute right now. Like, where is the puddle? Even as a parent, I know when my kids are being a little quiet, something bad is happening. Something that shouldn't be. Every now and then, I'll be like, hey, buddy, daddy's gonna go take a shit. You just sit on the couch and chill, you know. And then the one year old, he's in like his pack and play, throwing his toys around. So I'm like, you're covered. The three-year-old I got to worry about, I'm like, it's too fucking quiet. What's going on? Yeah. And one time, I'm, I'm, I'm still mid-shit. He opens up the bathroom door. and was like, Dad, I had a Reese's peanut butter cup. And I'm like, Where the, where'd you get that? He's like, oh, I opened up the fridge and got it. I'm like, okay, but just one. He goes, no, I had one. I came here to tell you I only had one. Isn't that good? And I'm like, that is good because I get like an eight-pack of Reese's peanut butter cups. Oh, yeah, yeah. By the way, Aldi, if you're in the Chicago area, wherever in Aldi are, wherever you're listening, for like $1.29, you get eight Reese's peanut butter cups. Beautiful deal. Anyhow, and he loves them, so it's like his special little treat, you know. And uh, I justify it by saying there's some protein in peanut butter. Maybe it's not the worst snack for a kid. I don't know. Dude, I used to be one of those parents. Chocolate's that's good like, for the heart. Yeah, why not? It's mentally healthy. He doesn't get to see other kids right now, really. Um, dude, I used to be one. I was one of those parents before my kids were born. Where I'm like, they're going to be eating healthy. I'm going to make sure all this shit. I had a friend who back in the day told me that he, um, back in the day, like 10 years ago, he had kids young. He told me that he got his kids believing that broccoli is a dessert. So he'd be like, if you finish all your dinner, you get broccoli. And they'd be like, fuck yeah, broccoli. You know, they'd go insane. And um, I'm like, I'm going to do that. I'm going to do all this shit. And then, you know, a grandparent gives him a fucking <laughs> Snickers and then a sip of fucking, Down like, get some McDonald's the fries. The grandparents will always be the downfall. Like, my grandparents were, like, my downfall because, like, my dad was super strict. My mom kind of would bounce off that, but she was fairly regimented. But I'd go to my grandparents and, like, so, like, what do you want? And I'm like, what do I want? Do I have anything? Like, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. I was like, okay, well, shit. Let me have uh, that chocolate One of bar. everything, yeah. <laughs> and then I just come home. I'm like, look at all this shit I got. Oh, oh man, like, oh, remind me. God. I've got. I'm gonna, I'm gonna get to that story in a second. I once took advantage of a situation like that, and it's it's crazy the turn of events. But so the grant. But even then, I then you know my dad's giving my kid honey buns and stuff. I took a step back and thought, yeah, I wanted him to start eating vegetables in an early age, and he does. He he's fine enough. You gotta let kids be kids too. Yeah. And I think we have to remember that. I think everyone gets in this weird thing where it's like start good habits young. Yes, if you start good habits young, it'll probably be a benefit going forward. But this idea that bad habits can't be broken or you can't amend diets as you go along is crazy. Also, starting the good habits early is good for you. Like, the kids aren't going to remember that shit. Like, oh, yeah. No, you could easily. I've already changed him from a bunch of different stuff. He drinks almond milk, which is better for him than dairy. So, and he wasn't like a big crime against humanity in his little mind. He was just like, well, whatever. Tastes slightly different. Get used to it after a couple glasses. So, yeah, there's all sorts of stuff like that. Anyway, though, uh, you talk about having a grandparent be like, whatever you want. Oh, long story short about the Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. I was just like, oh, shit. Once I wiped my ass and got up, I then noticed that in order to open the fridge and get the Reese's Peanut Butter Cups, he basically spilled everything else in the fridge and knocked it the fuck down. (laughs) 
but couldn't it's like, wait but to I got tell it. me. I, yeah, I, I took I got one. It. Mission accomplished. So, yeah. <laughs> so I am about, shit, maybe nine years old. And a good friend of mine, my friend Jeff, was playing at Thillens, which is a stadium on the north side of Chicago that's like a Little League stadium. It's a famous Little League stadium in which um, in the bathroom – they have a plaque that says Michael Jordan peed here um, June of 1992. Like it's a very Chicago tradition on the north side where, cause it's a home run fence. It's like a sandlot. Okay. And it's got like a big scoreboard in center where if you hit a home run with the scoreboard, you'd win like a couple savings bonds or something weird. Some bank sponsored it. And every little kid um, or every little league throughout the north side and even the south side, maybe some of the nearby suburbs, would play like an end of the year game at Thillens or one game at Thillens. You'd rent it out. It was like a big deal. And I wasn't playing in the game, but I went along. And my friend Jeff, his uh, stepdad's dad was there. So I guess his step-grandfather was there to watch Jeff and his stepbrother. Um, they're on the same team. And I was just friends with them, so I went along to hang out and watch the game. I know I'm building this up, everyone, but I have to. <laughs> The grandfather said to me, hey, you want you know, go get yourself a hot dog? Because you know, I was with like another one of their cousins. And he said, I'm like, all right, cool. And then I had the hot dog. I'm like, oh, thank you. You know, here's your change. And he's like, hey, anything else you want, you let me know. Do not hesitate. That's what he tells me. And I'm just like, okay. So I kept going up to him going, hey, can I get a snow cone now? Hey, can I get this now? And eventually he was like, Jesus Christ, you really took advantage. You know, he was giving me a hard time. Now, this dude was right out of The Sopranos. <laughs> the most Italian-looking grandfather you've ever seen and had other old Italian grandfather dudes with him. At the time, I thought nothing of it. I yeah. thought he was hanging out with his friends. <laughs> okay, that's cool. I hope when I'm 64 or whatever the hell he was, I'm hanging out with my boys too, you know, or my, my paisans, whatever the hell they say. I'm having a good time, all this kind of stuff. I remember the next day having a tummy ache. You know, I'm nine. Yeah. And my dad being like, what'd you eat? And I just told him, I'm like, oh, I ate that Dylan's. I ate everything. I had a hot dog. I had a, I had a you know, candy, M&M's, Snickers, ice cream, snow cones, all this stuff. And he's like, who paid for all this? He's looking at me like, where the hell, you know? I go, oh, um, Jeff's ste Jeff step-grandfather, Vito's dad. And he's like, Vito's dad? And he's like, okay. He's just, my dad kind of like, uh. a week later, my dad shows me the cover of the Chicago Tribune. It says, is this Jeff's step-grandfather? And I'm like, yeah, that's him. He goes, yeah, he's in the mafia. He just got arrested. <laughs> he's, he's, he it's a federal he investigation. He wasn't really like being nice. He was just trying to like divest these like embezzled funds. He's like, okay, he was. I have like over two million dollars that I need to like wash. He's like, okay, if I do it a dollar twenty-five at a time with this snack stand for this little kid, he just kept coming up. He's like, hey, get more, get more, get more. You know what? You know what he was whole, doing? Buy the whole fucking stand. Here's a hundred thousand dollars. Like, hey, he was. He was money laundering. <laughs> he probably was. I was spending, you know, a hundred bucks in candy. And then he probably went up to them afterwards going, hey, where's our money for protection? Yeah. Like, protection from what? You He's like, I, you have you? I hate to Those see other this precious center field. <laughs> this precious center field stand to go down. It was, it was nuts, though. I remember being like, that's the guy. He was, he was on the cover of the Tribune. Like, it was like a federal investigation. I'm like, yeah. Like, oh, he's a celebrity, too. Shit. <laughs> I know. I felt pretty cool. But then I didn't feel bad for taking advantage of his generosity because he yeah. tried to make me feel bad. He tried to if do he, that whole thing. If, yeah, if he was, if he didn't get, you know, caught or whatever, pinched. You would have pinched. 
You would have then been in debt to the mob. You don't want that, you know. I don't, even at, at that nine. age, you weren't even gonna be able to make enough money to repay that debt. You know, it may have been well, like 30, 40 bucks, but like yeah. you don't have a job. You're nine years old, and now you got to work for the mob. Your life would have turned out completely different. You know what I mean? I you would have been the you would have been the them. true Irishman. <laughs> I would have been. I mean, I remember him calling me Irish a few times, and. Um, I was nine, and I was taller than all of them, so he saw the that was a thing. Yeah, <laughs> I like to give my Italian friends shit. See, I grew up. Um, I didn't. There wasn't a lot of Italian like kids like in my like like inner circle in grade school, but come high school, went to a real Catholic high school, so it was a lot of Irish and Italian, and we just so much shit talking, man, <laughs> just so much to the point where there's like Italian things that I don't even want to admit to liking. Because if one of them is nearby, they'd be like, hey, it's fucking nuts. Calm down. That's not you specifically. That's yeah. someone else. Yeah. Just so I remember when the movie Cinderella Man came out. And uh, they were like, ah, it's all right, but it's no Rocky. And I'm like, oh, well, it's fucking real, though. It's real. <laughs> this is about a real Irish-American boxer who actually did overcome insane odds to become heavyweight champion of the world. Your shit's fiction. Okay? So... Yeah, to some, you, I, I, you could, so I know people who are like, oh, that's a documentary on Rocky Marciano. I'm like, it's not a documentary on Rocky Marciano at all. Like, actually, not even close. Like, the, the parallels of the stories, like, aren't even similar. It's not the same thing. <laughs> like, no, oh I mean, the God. only thing, the only thing similar about Rocky, the movie, and Rocky Marciano, the great, great boxer, yeah. is the name Rocky. That is yeah, it. that's it. That is literally it. <laughs> no, he stole another dude's idea. There was a whole 30 for 30 where it was like, I think it was called like the real Rocky. I forget the guy's name. There was a legit down and out boxer in Philly that I think Sylvester Stallone maybe read an article in a local paper about him and then kind of based the idea off of the guy and changed some stuff. But that's really what it was. Sylvester Stallone's career is pretty, pretty nuts when you think about it. I, I respect a lot of it though, dude. I really do because... Rocky came out in 1976. He was 30 years old, and that was like his first big starring role, which at 30 is amazing, by the way. You make it at 30, especially that big, that's fantastic. Yeah. But he Hollywood. wrote it, especially in Hollywood. But he, people forget that he wrote that movie, and his whole thing was the studios were like, we don't want you to star in it. And he goes, well, then forget it because I'm starring in it. That was like part of the deal. And everyone wanted the script because it was a great script. But that was also like the ninth or tenth script he had written. His previous scripts, everyone was like, nope, nope. Nobody wanted to buy any of them, but he kept at it. And that's where I respect his career because, you know, a lot of people after writing seven, writing a script's hard. You know what I mean? Like a comedy's got to be at least 90 pages or so. A drama, 100 to 120 pages. Correct format. There's just a lot of ironing out, a lot of details. And to write that many of them and get denied that many times and still keep going. keep trying, yeah. A lot of respect there. And I think he even did porn to help make the... I was going to say, I'm sure the porn... I was like, I'm sure the porn probably kept him motivated. Have you heard (laughs) that he'd done porn? Yeah. I I never saw it, Yeah, they're like old wives tells or whatever you want to call it, you know, rumors. But it was like, it went, he did gay porn, and then like something's just like, just like straight porn. No one can find any of it, of course. Uh, You know, I'd I'd, I'd probably, I'd, I'd watch it. Well, he's a smart actor, too, in the sense that he chooses roles that fit him. Yeah. You know, like like Rocky, Rambo, like these roles where it's like it's you know I don't even think the he's Expendables a is like right up the like 
Sylvester Stallone, you know, Ali, which I'm still campaigning. And if this doesn't happen, I will be upset. If Danny Trejo doesn't appear in the next Expendables, then it's a wash for me. He, he should. I've only seen one Expendables. Like, he is literally, like, the, like, one of the greatest Mexican-American, you know, like, action, <laughs> badass, like, film stars. What did you think of Machete? Um, I, didn't, I didn't think it was that great, but I love Danny Trejo. Do. You know, like I, love I like Danny Trejo a lot. He deserved to be Machete, so like give the man, you know, his just due. I feel a, like it's a cavalcade of you know the action heroes of you know yes, past, yeah. present, and future, and it's like kind of like an homage, you know, to like all of them. It's like you know, it's like your your kind of you know your your you know all star Hall of Fame kind of like movie that you do. And yeah, and I love the Expendables, and, they, and that seems to be the theme. And then when the the last one came out, I could have swore I was going to see Danny Trejo. I was like, oh, he's got to be in this one, and he wasn't. I'm like, travesty. I can't remember who's in the last one. I only saw the first Expendables. Ronda Rousey. It, it was, um, oh, okay. Jason. Was Liam Neeson in it? I don't think so. He's still kind of big. It's usually people who are like. Like, Stan's yeah. still big, but it's kind of like, all right, I'll pop my head in this. You remember me. And we're exactly. Arnold Schwarzenegger Dolph Lundgren, was in it. Dolph Lundgren, yeah. of course, you know. But I like about them is they have a sense of humor about themselves, these movies. I like movies that have a sense of humor yeah. about themselves. But it's interesting. Danny, Danny Trejo, though, I think is awesome. And what, Machete, you did get to see Lindsay Lohan's boobs. You did. Very good. Yeah. But that movie was a still, plus. the hardest part was, yeah, there was a lot of nudity in that and, and some, some good-looking nudity. The hardest part with that movie was like, I don't believe women are just going to bang him. Sight unseen. No, not Sorry, yeah, Danny. Yeah. Not happening. I know it's a movie, all that stuff. I just don't like when sometimes a character takes you out of it. Oh, yeah, like they, they're, write, they're, they write it in. They're like, I will not do this unless I get to bang someone. I'm just saying. You see the show, uh, yeah, definitely. You ever see the show uh, Californication? Yeah. Same thing. They're, same thing. <laughs> I'm sorry. David Duchovny doesn't get to be at a red light, look over at a gorgeous model and be like, and then they cut to them banging. Yeah. <laughs> that, there's no world where that exists, especially since it wasn't like he plays. This is an entourage where he's Vinny Chase and he gets to just smile and wink. And then, yeah, that I buy, a movie star. Brad Pitt, if he pulls up to a woman next to a red light, he's getting some ass. I, I, I believe that. I really I, do. Yes. I'm sure that's happened in real life. That, 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 yes, there are some actors where I'm like, yeah, there, you know, there's like a good ten there where I go, yeah, those guys could probably do that, and it probably has happened. I don't believe the character David Duchovny is playing where he's an author, an alcoholic yeah. author, a modern day Bukowski is looking at women on Sunset and freaking La Brea, and then all of a sudden they're you know to yeah. toss it in the sheets. I just and don't. And that's see that. how we get toxic masculinity. Yes, <laughs> it's like oh, false well, sense of self. It's- it's David Duchovny, like I, I, I look just like David Duchovny, like why? And I'm like, no, it doesn't, it doesn't work like that in the real world. <laughs> it really doesn't, man. Uh, all right, well let's 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 talk about this crazy thing that you got to experience. This is a really cool thing, uh, where, oh, shit, you know, I just remembered. <laughs> Sorry, uh, when you talked about Game of Thrones earlier, there was a great meme that said like, um, or someone had a tweet saying. I can't believe Joe Biden picked Bran to be his vice president. And you know, fucking Bran, spoiler alert, everyone on Game of Thrones, Bran was, uh, you know, everyone became like king and everyone's like, fucking really, Bran? This boring piece of shit character on this show. 
What, what was his thing again in Game of Thrones? He's like he could see like the ravens. Yeah, and, yeah. I I'm the raven's eye or some bullshit. Yeah. I can't even remember what it was like. He's basically he I, was like he was like crippled with like telepathy. Yeah, I'm the seeing raven. He just yeah. was boring. His voice was boring. He grew to be boring. Like you know what I mean? I, I honestly younger... thought that was a Tammy Duckworth joke that you were gonna say. Oh like, shit, oh, man. Shit. <laughs> I would, Tammy Duckworth would have been a good VP pick too, man. <laughs> yeah, think no, about was, it. She War was like Vats. one of the three. Yeah, it was like between Susan was Rice, pregnant while senator Kamala Harris and uh, Tammy Duckworth. At least as far yeah. as I knew, they was down to the. But it's Kamala Harris. No, picking a black woman was a smart move. I, I really think though, I was a big Tulsi Gabbard fan, but I know she's, she pissed people off in the Democratic Party because she was so like she did her own thing yeah. and she really tore down Kamala Harris in the one debate. People are like, she's the one that like, stop. I remember there was a whole fucking meme where it showed like, it was a Chicago cop car too. It was a meme that was na- nationwide though, but they just chose Chicago, which I love for it, where it showed like a dude who's got like his phone out, you know, I'm going to go back to this fucking camera view, everybody. He showed like his, you know, his phone out like that, you know, yeah. and then he's flipping off. And then one of his friends is also flipping off like a cop car that goes by. And someone had it where it's like the guy holding the camera was Andrew Yang, and the girl doing like this was fucking Tulsi Gabbard. <laughs> and then inside the cop car was Biden and Kamala Harris, which is oh, funny because Yang, Yang and Gabbard didn't win shit, and Biden and Harris are now the running mates. So also getting into what we're going to talk about: uh, big name comedians, um, you know, Hannibal Burris, uh, Dave Chappelle, anyone of any sort of note. Please don't endorse. <laughs> any of these two political candidates because every time they put their fucking stamp on somebody they get blown out of the water <laughs> those two why who did they oh yeah they both do they yeah they did yang yeah, gang Hannibal and chappelle yeah. were both yang gang yang gang dude i liked yang gang i was yang gang too. yeah no yeah i'm I the same here but it's just like it's like when uh when, like obama would make a pick you know like they get like blown out of the water anytime scotty pippen went to a cubs game they would get blown out of the water i every i would go to a cubs game and i'd hear everybody go oh yeah scotty and i'm like fuck until 2016 cardinal series when they hit well, we like, fucked they everyone had, up like nine bombs you know and Scotty Pippen was at that game as well as myself in the standing room only section to the you know upper two hundreds, and we that's, we see him walk by, kind of in the the guest you know like in those like little kind of like guest houses or whatever. Yeah. And I'm like shit. I'm like well like we're done we're done game's over, <laughs> and this is the only game that I've attended that Scotty Pippen has also attended that the Cubs won, and obviously we went on to do great things that, that season. Yeah, that season was magic. But no, I hear you. Some some people just said the kiss of death. Yeah. Where it's like, oh, they, mm, yeah, I'm going to bet the other way against them. How about we just, but, yeah, yeah, everyone just know. stay very quiet, specifically Biden. Everyone stay very quiet for the rest of the, until election day. Just everyone stay quiet. They really should. I mean, seriously, if you're in the Democratic Party, why would you even talk? Trump does all the talking yeah. and, he's, and he hurts himself every time he opens his mouth. There's not much they got to say. It's just weird because this election, I feel like so much of it's going to be about like who's the creepier guy that may or may not be a pedophile. That's yeah. what so much of it's going to be, and it cracks me up. I'm sorry, man. <laughs> like fucking these. I I know this one dude. I saw on Facebook. Again, fucking Facebook, man. He posted like a meme where it's Donald Trump is fighting against sex trafficking. I'm like, he's boys with those fucking people. Yeah. He said a week ago. I hope fucking. 
what's her name? Jizzy Face Maxwell. I don't know. Fucking Jezzeline or, 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 or Anthony Jezzel Mac Maxwell. I don't know her name. It's G and a lot of letters that don't belong yeah, together. That don't even, yeah, mix. That's her fucking name. I think it's like Jizz Lane, which is funny. That is funny. Jizz Lane. Anyway, Jislaine Maxwell, he was like, I, I wish her well. I, she, yeah, this, is, this sucks for her. She's good people. I, everything's going to be great. And it's like, dude, she's, you know what she's being accused of? <laughs> she's a good and, <laughs> and I think the only reason he even was against, like, they, someone brought up Epstein to him, and, like, back when Epstein first became news, before he was, uh, before his suicide. I did the wrong fucking yeah, quotations yeah. too early. <laughs> Everyone watching on YouTube. Let's just say but, before his uh, suicide. Yeah, fucking murder. But yeah, you know what I'm saying. Uh, he was like, I don't know him. I've never met him. Because one of his advisors got to him right away where they're like, hey, you don't know this guy. This guy's bad news. They didn't get to him with Jeslane. They had so much other shit going on. You know what I mean? Civil unrest, global pandemic. And all of a sudden he's like, Jeslane Maxwell, fucking love her. Great time. Great She's the best. She'd bring over a nice big bottle of red. Yeah. Oh, Believe all women. Yes, yes, yes. Please. I mean, he... and. The, I love how his supporters are like, he was you know, part of the Epstein thing. Dude, there is countless pictures and footage of him partying with them and dancing with them and being like, hey, Jeffy, how are you, buddy? Like, yeah, who, what 12-year-olds are we going to bang today? We're creepy as fuck, right? Yeah, we are. Like, that's <laughs> if it's the hardest thing. thing for you to possibly believe that he wasn't a part of it, then it's probably true. Like, you can't convince me that he <laughs> never went. He's like, oh, it's like we're all the, that's where all the women are. And like, yeah, 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 yeah. Like, yeah. There's enough footage for him where I'm like, yeah. Anyway, though, what kills me is the fucking flight logs. Everyone's like, you see the list of the people who took the flights? I saw that list, and I'm like, you believe this shit? Really? Every fucking liberal enemy you don't like is they put Michelle Wolf, (laughs) who you saw. Michelle Wolf is on the flight she log. Talks, she talks about it. And I didn't know until she said it. And I obviously didn't have my phone. I couldn't access my phone. So I was like, ah, I cannot wait to look this up. Michelle Wolf, who, look, I think she's a really, really funny comedian. But nobody knew who the fuck she was until she did that uh, correspondence dinner in which she roasted Trump and the press secretary and everyone else. So they threw her around because she's not part of the enemy list. It's so fucking hilarious to me that people saw that list and was just like, I knew it. I knew it. Everyone who doesn't like Trump clearly diddles kids. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody. Like, if you're a kid. Which is right, hilarious going, about that. Yeah, super hilarious. Going off the Michelle Wolf thing, here, here, here's – I'm going to lead into it, everybody. I want to give it the proper thing. Dave Chappelle's summer camp. Dave Chappelle famously released that – half hour thing on netflix or i don't even know if it's quite a half like hour 19 minutes yeah 19 minutes it was called 841 846 846 sorry it was eight, i knew it was 840 something and it represents the, the amount of time that that um a murderer put his knee that cop that killed george floyd that was the amount of time his knee was on the back of george floyd's neck and it's really powerful and he even admits like this isn't going to be stand up but this is just shit that needs to be said it's great but in that area which is uh yellow springs ohio and in that setup where they show people coming in and they're doing like the thermometer check, you know, on their forehead and everyone's wearing a mask and they're making sure everyone's taking the proper precautions. And the seating was like, they had like chalk or like, I don't know what it was, like white tape on the grass to make it where like you sit here and then six feet over here. Anyway, Curtis, you got to go to one of these shows. I did. So let me ask number one, how? And then I want to get into the like the what, where, when, and all that. Well, I yeah, wouldn't yeah. know where, but like, um, 
how'd you get, how'd you get to go? Um, do they sell tickets online? And, you know, just, you know, walk us through that if you could. Absolutely. So I was lucky enough to be one of, you know, few people to make an epic trip to Yellow Springs, Ohio, number one vacation destination of the current summer of 2020. And that's not even bullshitting. It is currently the place where everybody wants to go right now. <clears throat> I saw 846, obviously, and kind of the, the everything on social media following that was like, hey, Chappelle's doing these basically like impromptu shows for his hometown that his hometown is where his father was raised and he ultimately moved to um in yellow springs ohio and cypher sounds is actually one of the comics that had been doing the shows you know and so cypher sounds obviously very great comedian dj long time you know legendary dj and now has gotten into stand-up comedy and is really kind of making a name for himself was also Chappelle's dj on the Chappelle show so that's like that whole connection between the two of them <clears throat> so he's doing the shows sifo's a friend of mine and i just texted him i was like yo like what that that's dope like whatever's going on there looks amazing yeah amazing and he was kind of joking he was like yo you need to come check this out before they shut it down and he said that like i don't even know like a month and a two months ago maybe and kind of as we were getting closer to reopening at laugh factory and i'd seen more shit coming from yellow springs everybody that was there it's like mo amir um mo Ammer, donnell rawlings michelle I know mo, mo's a good guy yeah mo's awesome and uh, yeah i got a chance to you know talk to him um you know there and Dave basically are putting together these shows and so like I hit him up and I was like you know my wife and I we got married in December we never got a chance to go on a honeymoon because of COVID obviously and we wanted we were just like just cabin fever we want to get the fuck out of the apartment and a bunch of different ideas fell through so we were just like we got to do something and I brought it up I was like well why don't we just go to like Yellow Springs and go to this like Chappelle show because I think I can probably get two tickets for us. <laughs> And she's like, eh, yeah, sure, whatever. And awesome. you know, Great that's, wife. that's what I, yeah, it's what I, it's what I do. You know, I'm like, okay, I want to curate this like kind of like once in a lifetime experience. And so Saifa hooked it up. You know, talked to Cena, who's you know kind of Chappelle's like right hand man, and got two tickets. You know, to to go to Yellow Springs to go to the Chappelle summer camp. So we drive there. Do you mind um, saying how much the tickets were? Uh, a free ninety nine. $399? $399. It's almost $400. Free. Oh, free. Oh, you motherfucker. I'm sorry. I can't hear. I was like. But to answer your question, tickets are available. You can buy tickets. They, they pop up uh, on that's the what Ticket I was Master. Curious. They're, I think they're $80 uh, individually, and I think it's $150 for VIP. Basically, there's like a canopy, and there's drinks that's all in the house. Um, so, yeah, you get free drinks, and you could just fucking hang out in this, all right. you know field um i would suggest i actually still have the alert on my phone because i kind of want to go again um Ticketmaster is selling them it's dave chappelle and friends i believe is like what the tickets are under it's at the weirig pavilion so just put dave chappelle tickets weirig pavilion on a google alert and as soon as the tickets are released you get an alert for it and just gotta buy them quick that's kind of the okay cool good good tip right there yeah so they're doing them uh four nights a week they may increase it after the um, 
petition for like the zoning and shit that was going on about ticketed events because it's a it's like a wedding pavilion basically in this huge. Oh, so this field. isn't his property, right? It's not. Uh, I, I, I got the illusion that it was like his big I, yard. Me I don't too. Know. No, like because he owns like half of Yellow Springs. <laughs> like, <laughs> like he's got like a this like dome thing that like it's really cool. A Yellow Springs, Ohio is like maybe one of the dopest locations in the United States of America. It's like a little liberal bubble in the in, in mid in the middle of America. Very diverse makeup of like the, the the residents that live there. Very progressive and just like kind of what you see when you're going around. Everyone's wearing a mask, kind of you know with the current times. There's like you know signs that are like mask on Yellow Springs and Black Lives Matter signs and like you know the the local cafe and just everyone's just very polite and nice and a, a super dope sense of community. So that was like the first thing that we noticed like when we got there. We stayed at the like only hotel i'm assuming is in yellow springs it was super nice i'm like everything was just kind of like a, a, a it coming from chicago which is like a culture shock it's like holy shit this is like a really nice like you know hotel in the middle of yellow springs ohio which i think has like a you know population of maybe 2000 um it's like three blocks in chicago yeah, yeah it really is like it, it the, the town is three blocks really and because wow. <laughs> like i went to the after party which was literally three blocks from where we were staying and i was like oh cool like i could just drive there and come back um, so All yeah, right, so, so take me through like the, walking. Are you got your tickets? Got you, got the tickets. You drive basically. When I say it's in the middle of a field, just like imagine you know any any huge field. You know you're driving down the highway, and most of the shit you don't pay attention to. That's where it was. So, so like porta potties for pissing and shitting. The best porta potties that I've ever been to in my life. They were like climate controlled and like a little ac was kind of like blowing down on your forehead while you took a pee but not oh, too man. much to like clam you up you know kind of like yeah, ease it out of you like everything was just i was like what the hell like they put a lot of effort and a lot of safety behind it so obviously everyone gets their temperature taken before you walk in so you so basically you drive up the guy's like who are you you're like you know you got tickets or whatever i was like hey i'm on a Cyphers list. <laughs> so he's Free like, okay, 99. you go. Yeah, yeah. Uh. So you drive, you drive down. Everyone kind of like walks up socially distanced because, like, literally all you have is open space. So if like you're riding up on someone, it's like, what the fuck? What are, what are you doing? Like, there's all this space. Like, why are you next to me? It's literally like, you know, if you if you went to the bathroom in like the beginning of the first inning of a Cubs game and you're at the trough and like a dude walks up next to you and you're like, are you serious? Like, you have all of this trough here. And you're just yeah. gonna like roll up next to me. That's so it's public like, bus shit right there. Exactly. You're on a public bus where you're by yourself, and some. I had that once. I was on the Lawrence bus real late at night, and someone sat right next to me when there was like 19th seats. I literally said, "Get the fuck up," because I'm like, "You're," I, you know, because they do a whole thing where it's like, "No one bothers me," because I'm a crazy person on a bus at three in the morning. Yeah. And that's and I see that, and I go, yeah. "I'm the person that tells you to get the fuck up." Yeah. And they do because they're not used to someone countering yeah, oh, them because they're like. <laughs> Aren't you afraid of me? I'm crazy. Yeah. And it's like, no motherfucker. <laughs> Funny how the crazy goes away real quick. It's like, oh, no. I want my space. <laughs> yeah. Anyhow. So, so yeah, they- a completely open space. So you walk up. There's, there's four tents. So, like, the first tent immediately is temperature. Boom. You get your temperature. You're under 100.4 degrees Fahrenheit. Good to go. You move on to the next one. That's when you get your mask. So you get a, a, Ch- a Chappelle branded mask. I'm going to grab one. Oh, so cool. Yeah, I'll talk while you do that. He's going to go show off his new toy. It's a Chappelle mask. I imagine it's that C with, I want to say, like the African flag colors. 
I don't know. I think those are the African flag colors. I always have figured that's what it was, like the Chappelle logo. So you get the Chappelle branded mask. Yeah, the famous C. I just said it. I was yeah. saying that. That's the African flag colors, right? Behind the C? RBG. Cool, man. Red, red black, green. And go. funny enough, I've Ruth seen a Bader couple Ginsburg. people yeah. since we yeah, – right. <laughs> I've seen a few people in Chicago with him, and I'm like, oh, shit, you went? And they're like, yeah. And like we both kind of have this weird kind of like it's, – it's a cool MAGA hat. Uh, there you go. <laughs> so, so you get – so second tent, you get your cool Chappelle mask. And then the third tent is – we all know it if you ever went to a Chappelle show. Get that phone locked up, clink, clink. You get a yonder case, and they put – they put your your phone in there, and then the fourth tent is kind of like your pass, basically, so you can move on to go inside. Unfortunately, I had to lock my phone because I, I can only give you a, a, a verbal description of kind of how it goes. So, like, you walk down this trail that's, like, lit on the ground with, you know, the red, the green, and the black, like, black light. <laughs> so you're, like, following this, like, super cool... Like Everything he does trail. is fucking cool, by it's the way. To the, it's like literally to the umpth degree. So you follow this windy trail, and I was like, oh, um, you know, like I'm on a list. Like I don't have like a ticket or anything. And they're like, well, whose list are you on? And so like I tell them, and they're like, oh, you need to go back to the trailers. And they were like two trailers that were set up before we got to the tents. And I was like, oh, shit, okay. So I go back, and I tell them, you know, I was like, oh, hey, I'm on this person's list. They're like, okay, so... We're going to test you for COVID, and so just, like, wait here for a second. So you go into the, the trailer. <clears throat> Dave Chappelle has paid for nurses in Yellow Springs, so, you know, homegrown nurses that Damn. work in, in Yellow Springs that are, you know, whatever, trained on, you know, COVID testing to basically test everyone. Everyone got nasal swab testing. <clears throat> they stick the longest Q-tip up your nose. Everything was worth it. It didn't even hurt for me because I was like, yeah, like I'm, I don't even know what, what, so what's going to come of this. So I got COVID tested. Results? 15 minutes. They were basically like hang outside the trailer for a minute. I hung outside and like, you know, hit the vape a couple times and Talib Kweli walked up and I was like, oh shit, Talib Kweli, you know, like, what's up, bro? Like, Damn. I'm like, I'm getting tested. So like, we could like, you know, we could touch. I'm pretty sure I'm, I'm negative, you know, he's been yeah. getting tested the entire time he's been there because he's been there for most of the time anyway. So got the results, negative, boom, boom. They give you How a black wristband. I, I, I thought the great. results took at least a day or two. He's getting Not rapid testing. The, the nasal and blood testing are like the two fastest um, okay. ways to, to test for COVID. So you get the nasal test, and then they give you a black wristband, which is basically, I mean – that's the equivalent of like having an, affin- an infinity stone. You know what I mean? Like, I'm like walking around with this thing like, hey, I would rather have that black wristband than a Rolex. You know what I'm saying? So like I'm showing people like, hey, here we go, here we go. And so basically that allowed me to go backstage and, you know, to like kind of be around the, the, the comics because they That's all cool. are tested on a daily basis, I want to say. Um, so what comedians so- did you get to see? Dave Chappelle hosts. So it's a showcase style kind of situation. Um, Chappelle host does around 35 to 40 minutes up top. And then it was Donnell Rawlings, Michelle Wolf, Matthew Broussard came through. He was visiting. He just came to go. He did the comic thing where he's like, Oh, Michelle Wolf's on the show. Like I'm friends with Michelle. Hey, I'm just going to like, I'm, I'm going to pull up in a in Yellow Springs, Ohio to hang out, see you perform, watch the show. They go to brunch earlier that day. Chappelle saw Matt at JFL when, when Chappelle's in JFL and Matt did the roast battle. 
And he's like, oh, yeah, shit, man, you were funny. He's like, yeah, thanks, man. He's like, hey, you want to, like, do a little time on the show? He's like, I mean, if you're asking, you know. Okay. So I was like, yeah, what a yeah. perfect move. That was an A1 I know move. Matt's a nice guy. Matt's, yeah. Matt's a great guy. So Matthew great Broussard hair. went up. Oh, yeah, I mean, guy. yeah, just A1 hair. And Matthew Broussard, Donnell Rawlings closed, and Mo Ammer. So that was the show. Everyone did great. I got to give Donnell his problem. Like, Donnell took it to just, uh, he is, and I said this, I, I sent a tweet out, and I was like, Donnell Rawlings will have a fire special before we get a vaccine, just because, like, some of the stuff, like, he, his confidence level and just, like, how funny he is and just, like, he's getting so, you know, he, he's, he's flying at an altitude right now. It's that kind of thing Chappelle always says. It's like, oh, the altitude that you're flying at. He's at, a, he's at an altitude right now where it's just like, I mean, everything that he seems to be doing is hitting. And some of the shit he was talking about out in the middle of a cornfield in Ohio was just like, what the fuck? Like, he was talking about, awesome. you know. Yeah, so it was, it was great. And so, yeah, it was top to bottom, amazing how far show. The seats? Sorry, how More far than far six the feet. They were like, I would say probably around like 10 to 12 feet apart. Now, I would ask if it, I would ask if that affected anything, but like I feel like people are just so excited to be out and doing something. The environment, a, the environment of a live event, and the people of you're a live seeing event, it being a Chappelle event, the setup. There's two video boards, so you got the the, the pavilion basically, which is the stage, and yeah. then on the sides of that you have two video screens that there's a camera operator following. So you don't have to fixate, especially if you're further away. You're talking about a huge fucking field that you put 200 plus people more than 10 feet apart. (laughs) So just doing the math on that, you know. Um, So it's 200 people, you said? Yeah, I think it's about, it's it's somewhere around 100, anywhere between like 150 to like 200 people. Um, Now I noticed, you know, with comedy being back, I did my first like five shows, everybody. Um, I did a show Wednesday thursday and three on friday got to see you a few times over the week and um and most of the shows were pretty good you know what i mean people were like just excited to be out and even though they were spread out you know um doing laugh factory which this isn't a knock on the club i love the club that was like the bigger of the three different venues i did so the spacing the early show i didn't even notice it really the late show maybe because they're just a little bit different of a crowd maybe mm-hmm. i don't know um and I'm not the only comic who had this everyone. I feel like one of those comics making an excuse. Uh, but it definitely felt like you had to, as a comedian, your timing felt a little bit different. Because when it's full, like a Friday night at the Laugh Factor, you're getting almost 300 people. And it's just everyone's like jazzed out because yeah. you guys do such a cool thing where you have everyone waiting in line. Especially on a nice summer night. There's like yeah. something in the air. And I noticed what you're talking about going through one tent to the other tent to the other tent. Some people might hear that and think that sounds like a bitch. I know that for an event, it's genius because all you're doing is building it up and building it up and building it up. It's almost like when you're in a long line for a Disney World ride, as you get closer, where you're like, oh, we're going down this slope now. And once we curve around the bend, we can see. Exactly. That's. that's And so, yeah, and me describing kind of that like windy little like trail, because basically you walk through some trees and it's like lit kind of on the ground it's like you're following these like light lines basically and then like voila and literally you like almost like walk into narnia it's like holy shit and it's just like this enormous field 
with this enormous stage with these enormous like video boards and then you just see because a lot of people got there earlier um and you just see this like vast kind of abyss of people and the music's playing you know and it's just like it's like just like a it's like freaking uh what do you what do you call that thing um where they wear the the flower hats there's like a movie midsummer it's like a midsummer oh, okay. yeah it's like yeah. midsummer for comedy cuz i feel like i had like a comedy like orgasm after you know like kind of going through the the whole like process and, and being there but i think the spacing the sound setup just like it, it created almost like an echo chamber of laughter and you're outside so it just like like <laughs> it just like everything yeah. traveled now, so, let me ask you this. If it were the same setup, but with five to six really good comedians, but, you know, your typical local New York club, Chicago club, L.A. club lineup, does it work the same? Or is what you did, was it because it was Chappelle that it made it a little bit like, well, obviously Chappelle's a goat. He's on the Mount Rushmore. This stuff. Yes, so to answer. Question. Yeah, and yes, to answer, but if you took it down but a level and said it was, yes, it could. Um, absolutely. Um I think did Matthew Broussard do well? The audience probably didn't know him. They, yeah, they didn't. They didn't know him. Um, I I would say the hierarchy of sets, which whatever could give me a try, I don't give a fuck. Goes Donnell Rawlings, Chappelle, Mo, Broussard, Wolf, and I think for Michelle, by the way, that's an honest for Michelle's set. Her set went well, and I mean, you're literally talking about comics that kill, like, killing, you know, so it's just like, you know, you know, first degree murder, second degree murder, third degree murder, you know, and for Michelle, there was someone that was on the stage, because people actually get to sit on stage, too, and there was a guy oh, that wow. had come to a previous show, and she recognized him, and he owned a window store, and so she was very fixated on that for about a good five minutes. And so no one else was kind of in on the joke, so we kind of had to, like, watch that for a little bit, and I was like, okay. Then at a certain point, I was like, okay, let's move on from this. But it didn't matter, because we were there, you know what I'm saying, and we were kind of, you know, we're at the Chappelle show. So everything kind of held a, a more significant kind of level of, you know, you know, credibility just because you were there. And so in that, I think that's where kind of the... the the Chappelle cloud hovers over because even in like a not necessarily great set, you know, it was still great because of everything, because of the whole ambience of yeah, the event. Yeah, he's the genius with uh, having the DJ and the production value and all that stuff. Yeah. That, that here's the here's the crazy like, thing about the whole situation. It started right when COVID hit, obviously, and he was like, you know, he invited some friends, some comic friends that you know he's toured with, or you know he has and developed John Stewart's a, been doing a, it. Yeah, he's paid. developed a level of you know friendship or admiration for for their material, which was Mo, Donnell, and Michelle and Cypher in the beginning. And he was like, "Hey, you want to come out for like a week or two until this blows over and and do some outdoor shows, safe, you know, COVID friendly environment, all guidelines and things followed to a T." They're like, "Yeah, cool." So they had the expectation of only being there for two weeks, and it's now going on like four and a half, like almost five months of them they, living, they there living, living oh in Yellow Springs. Like they all have places, they all have like scooters and mobiles. Yeah, they just they're staying, and it's just like 
it's 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 insane. Like I was talking to Michelle, you know, after she's like, "Yeah, I thought I was only gonna be here for two weeks. It's been like four months now, and we I live here now." Donnell, same thing. Mo, same thing. And it, it's just like it's really awesome, and everything's being recorded. I don't know exactly what net. So that's so I, I guess I was saying all that because you were talking about eight forty six. So eight forty six is a piece of something bigger that had you know happened. So like he had been doing you know sets and you know material and and you know with everything that happened with george floyd and the ultimate you know kind of civil unrest he and you know obviously don lemon and you know kind of this build up you know he did some you know he basically spoke on it and then ultimately was like you know what let's put this out you know so it was just like kind of like a little piece of something bigger um like i said they're they're filming everything so i guarantee once this is all said and done, there will be a Chappelle summer camp special that airs Definitely. with everyone that has kind of made a trip there, um, and you know was Does able to Louis experience in it. Does he put Louie in it though, or is that too controversial? Still, he puts Louie in it. He doesn't get. I don't. I don't, I don't think Chappelle think gives a fuck about what anyone thinks about him having Louie there. I think having Louie there was significant of him not giving a fuck of what well, anyone address- thinks. I'll address this so you don't have to. Um, Louis wasn't there when you were there, obviously, because you didn't mention that. Um, a lot of people were found out because, you know, people posted pictures over the weekend of, like, all the comments on stage at Chappelle's summer camp and Louis in it. People were saying, like, oh, is it safe not even be there because Louis there? L- look, I'm not sticking up for the shit Louis did, obviously. But to act like it wouldn't be safe to be at a show that he's on stage is kind of ridiculous. He never did that shit at clubs. He wasn't jerking off. Yeah, safe for who? Like, who, who is not? Like who is in danger? Yeah. yeah. Like, look, he's a deviant who did some stuff he shouldn't have done. But the idea of him, like, he wasn't running out of alleys mid-fucking ejaculate yeah. onto people. Yeah. Not to make, like, light of it. But, like, I, I don't know. I just don't hate someone, don't like them. But don't over fucking exaggerate yeah. or so I keep knocking you on my mic or don't embellish something that didn't fucking really go down that way. I don't know. It just makes them look stupid if you ask me. Yeah, it's yeah. Um, again, that's it, not always, up there'll be that. a there'll be a segment of society that will never forgive him, no matter how far removed or how contrite or not contrite, depending on how you read people's statements. Uh, and that's you know, fine was, too. You don't have whatever. to forgive everybody. Whatever. Yeah. But also, he everybody. didn't. He didn't put. He wasn't going to put. He didn't put anybody's lives in danger. And also, Dave Chappelle, who is who is a human being and is definitely capable of flaws and mistakes and shit. You know, everything that uh, the rest of us as humans are. He's just very fucking funny at a genius level, at a goat level. Um, yeah. Definitely. You know, I, he has already provided in a pandemic a safe environment for people to be able to enjoy live comedy and enjoy the, the, the company of others um, in a way that I haven't seen or think will be able to be duplicated until we get a vaccine. Um, So to, to, to assume that he also can't create a safe enough environment for someone who could be a pariah um, or on whatever level you choose to put him on um, is, is crazy. Definitely. I just think, um, and, and you know, you being general manager of the Laugh Factory here in Chicago and the club's back open. And by the way, kudos. The shows were so much fun on Friday night. Thank you. Uh, I love the way you, Thank you, you for, took everything yeah, seriously. You know, 
they gave every comedian their own microphone with their own like microphone cover and well you were there on friday you were there for the friday show right yeah that was the show you did so the first show we did so the week before that saturday i had (laughs) everyone had their own mic mic stand and stool but they were all connected i had them all running through a board and so i was like you know the first comic take the one closest you know to where you walk up second comic get the second one third comic fourth comic and then like one like jay washington took the third one and he's like i think i took the third one then it got all mixed up it's like did you take the third one did you take the second one because it counts this this actually fucking matters and you so like my bright my bright idea of everyone literally not even touching the same thing ever on stage was like immediately shot down and I was like, of course, you know, so I was like, okay, fuck it. Everybody gets their own mic. You just switch it out. We swab the, you know, the, the like, cords and shit between shows and make sure everything's safe. There's hand sanitizer literally before you walk on stage. And, you know, I encouraged everyone to make sure they use that before and after they did their, their sets. And, you know, we're just trying to go overboard on the safety. You know, there's plexis, you know, dividing any spaces where there may not be six feet, uh, you know, total, whether that's the stage to the comic or whether that's like a booth to you know a seat and we aren't even really sitting people in between those barriers so you know where there's like a rail and then a booth in front of it like we weren't even seating people there but as we move forward and uh and you know and we're able to raise capacity and limits and things like that those will be necessary you know just you know to continue to make sure that you know we're practicing proper you know social distancing and and adhering to whatever city guidelines you know may be at the time i think that'll stay pretty consistent until we get into a space of like a vaccine definitely yeah i mean you mentioned the vaccine which sometimes i i was thinking like what are people going to do to like change what's the future of stand-up what's the future i think the future of stand-up is we're eventually going to go back to pack clubs on you know most days of the week like before I think eventually all these things come back. People will go to sporting events again. People will go to concerts again, just until a vaccine. And who knows when that's going to happen? I, I think we'll probably sometime in early 2021. Apparently, Putin says the Russians have one now, but no one could look at it. It hasn't been tested by any doctors. So who fucking really knows what's going on with that? I hope he does have it. I'm rooting yeah. for it. Why would I be against it? I don't give a shit who gets to it first. Just get yeah. it done, you know? Um, but Would yeah, you vote for Trump if that like, means we get a vaccine from Russia? <laughs> I don't know if it's worth it. No, I, I don't. Well, why are those? Don't put a gun to my head. Please, All right. you know? Seriously. Yeah, oh, shit. Like, yeah, Trump's just so culturally bad for the country. I know some, the, the people who love him will justify him being like, Hey, the economy's all right. Like before all this shit went down and stuff. I go, dude, you see the cultural damage. And also anything you see now is a short-term gain that long-term is going to fuck us anyway. But um, dude, yeah. So like, I know you're being general manager of the laugh fact. You're doing a great job. Yeah. Yeah. I I don't know. Are you thinking like, we need to, there needs to be a comedy club that has a retractable roof. There needs to be a comedy club that's open air. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think where we failed and where the comedy store wins is they have that, they have that, that patio, setting like i think every club should just blow the walls off and and just have some sort of open air space where you can you know rooftop whatever like having that space cool as hell comedy bar has been doing it since like early may joe's on weeds doing it and i mean it's it's been great i went to the first 
um, show that Comedy Bar did <clears throat> on the roof. And, I mean, uh, on top of the fact that people were just, like, excited to get out at the time and a lot of comics were able to get back on stage and had been just, like, boiling all this ma COVID material and quarantine material up that they couldn't wait to get, you know, kind of, like, off on stage was just, like, I, at that point in time, was, like, comedy is back. Like, there is hope, you know, for it to exactly. continue and, you know... Whereas the federal and local governments don't deem comedy or live entertainment as essential, I can make a very strong case that as a as a as a form of therapy, as a form of just like release, like anybody going to yeah, like I can make a strong argument that it is, and I think you don't really see it or realize it until you have gone to a show or into you know whether it's outdoor on a roof on a patio or even at this point indoors at Laugh Factory, Zany's Comedy Bar, whatever, um, until you get back into that groove in a safe environment where people are doing it right. Um, even in some cases where I feel like, you know, there's some things that we've done that are just like, I mean, yeah, it's not the guideline. It's overboard on it. Um, I, I still think it gives the, the customer a, a level of comfortability and it puts them at ease and it, and it kind of almost it puts them as close to being back to like, you know, early March or whatever, as you can yeah. possibly be. And then once you've had that first couple of drinks in you, or just like you relax and you kind of lean back similar to like how we did when we were in Yellow Springs, Ohio. And for a while it was just like, I was at an, I was an out, at an outdoor, outdoor comedy show. I wasn't thinking about COVID. I wasn't thinking about, you know, because I, and I also wasn't at risk of it. So when you can align those things properly, it's like that's what we need watching the NBA even in the bubble just like watching a live game watching the Cubs like kick ass even though they probably will put an asterisk on the season like all of these things like are, are incredible yeah no, I'll take it yeah, I'll take it. <laughs> yeah dude I agree with you man anything um, that helps feel a sense of normal is great there's gonna be some new normals too though yeah like this podcast you're gonna see a lot more people podcasting this way uh, I think all these websites and com there's competition. Which one could provide the better service? Is it Zoom? Is it StreamYard? Is I love it, this. You know, restream every different one. Yeah, I mean, in that sense, it's going to be nice. I've talked about this in previous episodes. More people will work from home in the future, which would be good for like environmental things. Which would be good for some people's mental health. It'd be good for their diets. You know, I know I used to work downtown when I was like, yeah, I was granted I was young, so I could do whatever the fuck I wanted. It didn't matter. But I still know people who work downtown and they eat out at lunch all the time. And it's not good for you. You know, you're the bad option, yeah. which is easy and convenient. So, yeah, there's going to be some new normals that will almost be better because of this, hopefully. And it'll make people be just like smarter with like their money and their approach to things and how considerate we are of other people. You know, hopefully three years from now, if someone's got a bad cough, they stay at home. It used to be, it's like, oh, fuck, I'll go to work. I used to, I was that person too. Yeah, when it's I not a like badge shit. of honor. Oh my God. Like, it's no, like, oh, it's like, I'm, sick, I'm still coming in. It's like, no, you're fucking infecting everyone. And now it's like elevated because like now you're putting my life at risk. Before it was just like, well, I don't want to also time, get a cold. Yeah, I remember someone saying once like, oh, any comedian who performs when they're sick is a piece of shit. And I remember being like, well, someone would say fucking kids. But now I'm also, was I was wrong too though. I shouldn't have. And I can admit that. I used to have this mindset of, if you're sick, you go to work. It's when you feel good, you take the day off. That way you could enjoy your day <laughs> off. But really, you're just getting other people sick. 
So, yeah, I mean, so hopefully we'll be more considerate of each other. There's a reason, like, Japan and South Korea have beaten this thing way earlier than we have. They're just a more considerate culture of each other. So I, I like the idea of people being able to connect more via podcast and via shows. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, because of this technology that you and I are on right now. I, I could be able to do stuff with L.A. and New York friends or friends yeah. around the world and friends in Chicago. That stuff's cool. But I definitely think stuff like stand-up and meet concerts and hopefully movie theaters will we'll come back to eventually. So I don't really think we have to go, we have to put too much brain power into reinventing that wheel. I know some people are like, no, Zoom stamp comedy shows are the future. No, they're not the fucking future because they're either awful. And even if you're trying to convince yourself they're good, they're really not good. I've heard people be like, no, it was pretty good. You say that. I know people have done Zoom shows that they thought were good. They went back to live stand-up and they were like, oh, I was so stupid to think Zoom was good as a stand-up art form. It's just not, guys. Sorry. And and we're going to go back to the stuff. I do think you're right. Comedy clubs in the future where it's like, am I going to open a comedy club? I want to make sure I have a big outdoor patio. They would have to smooth shit outside. I can do that. Great. But then we're also in Chicago, so come winter, you'd be fucked anyway. If this, if this shit's going on in December and they're like, well, if you would open air, fine. But people are going to be wearing coats yeah. and laughing. That's just not how that goes. Um, Curtis, let me ask you some of your favorites real quick. We're going to do some rapid fire favorites. Uh, thanks for telling me about Chappelle's summer camp. That was really cool. Absolutely. You could only have one beer the rest of your life. What beer are you drinking? Victory Gold Monkey. Victory Gold Monkey. Explain why. It's a Belgian. It's just, I mean, I was into... You like to say the name, too, to be honest. I, yeah, I do, kind of. Yeah, yeah. It's a cool name. <laughs> it is a cool name. I, I, got, I really got into Belgians, and that was kind of the creme de la creme for me, and it, it reminded me of, um, oh, what's the beer that's, like, super hard to get? It's in Wisconsin. It's, like, always limited Ooh, runs. Spotted Cow. Spotted Cow. It reminds me of Spotted yeah, Cow, yeah. where, like, not everyone carries it, but, like, when you find a place that does, it's like your place. You know what I'm saying? Uh, so Victory Gold Monkey you. would be my beer. It's a great name. And it sounds like you're going to have to try that. <laughs> you can only have one shot the rest of your life. What are you shooting? <laughs> 99 bananas. <laughs> is that like a whiskey? What is that? Uh, it's a 99 proof uh, vodka that's like equally as strong as it is uh sweet i would i would retract that and say apple pie moonshine but i've already said 99 bananas all right 99 bananas sounds good i actually need to go buy some vodka because i just got i just got an urge for vodka lemonades the last couple days because it's such a nice Mm. drinking outside weather and vodka lemonades are my favorite for outdoor drinking as far as mixed drink goes all right now the last one you famous person that's dead that you'd want to get drunk with gotta be dead gotta be dead gotta be Tough, I know. Sorry, Ooh, man. Um, You've gotten some good answers over a couple similar answers, too. I had two guests say the same person, which I was like, whoa, all right. Yeah, shit. I'm going to say, oh, God. And now that I had the name that I wanted to say, his brother, um, Belushi. Um, oh, John Belushi. Yeah. All right, that's a good one because he fucking partied hard, that guy. Yeah. Uh, Cole Cabana said Chris Farley and Ryan Dempster said Chris Farley. I thought you were going in that direction. I, I originally, I was like, no, nah. I was like, I, I think Belushi would be, for, for me and just, like, especially in Chicago. Um, Definitely. That would be Hey, uh, Curtis, be I hate to cut you short so rudely. I've been holding in a P for, to the point where I can't <laughs> hold it, and that's why I wanted to do those rapid fire. Everyone, LaughFactory.com. 
I'll check in with Curtis again sometime soon because he's so much fun to talk to. This is our second one over the pandemic. Yeah. But the last one was like May or April right before the last dance or during yeah. the last dance. Dude, look at me. I'm like doing the people. I know. <laughs> Thank you so hey, much for having thanks, me, brother. Thanks for listening to the Joe Kilgallen podcast, Kilgallen's Pub. Uh, Curtis Shaw flag on Twitter. Go to the Laugh Factory in Chicago. Yeah. Laugh Factory.com. You guys are the best. Thank you. Peace.